0: All right. Okay. Facebook, war media, friends and supporters alike. I would break out in the song. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but I don't know. It doesn't really feel like that. The only thing that we are celebrating tonight is that NBA is back in action. You know, it is, uh, I don't know how needed it is, but it is good to see. I was just thinking a little earlier about how, like, the last time I really felt normal with anything and that the last time that, you know, socializing and, you know, being out in the world felt normal, it's largely attached to the NBA, and uh, you know, uh, I guess I guess that mark came from Jews. <laughs> it's <what I> mean. <laughs> but yeah, but the last time things felt normal on a wide scale is sort of tied to the NBA back when we had the All Star Game here in the city and. You know, it was only a couple weeks after that where everything got shut down and everything has been, you know, off kilter since. You know, the NBA has been able to finish the season. They did an amazing job down at Orlando. Now they're trying to, you know, bring some normalcy back, but they're still going to be doing things in front of, uh, you know, in in the home arenas, but with uh, nobody there. And I think – uh, six or seven arenas. They would there will be fans, uh, a limited number of fans, but uh, I don't think any of the ones we have tonight will be seeing fans out there. But we will be seeing sort of four of the more memorable teams. The the I guess four of the more interesting teams in the league uh, kicking things off. Uh, the Lakers and uh, Clippers later on tonight, and the uh, Nets and. Warriors going to be kicking off in about 10 minutes. We're going to sort of be watching along with that game while also giving our preview, our season preview, our proper season preview here of uh, Running With War. And we got a nice guest joining us, uh, our man Chris Kaysen from, uh, you know, many bylines, uh, GQ, and many well-respected publications. And you can listen to him on the uh, "According to Sources" podcast with our guys uh, Sean Davis and uh, BC Brian Crawford. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit when uh, he comes on. But uh, he's going to stop by. Uh, we'll see if Chris Pennant joins us. Hopefully, you know he's he may be promoting the Chase show that he's on now. Did, did y'all see him in the commercial? They're yeah, They showing the. Com- they shown a the commercial. There's a quick shot of him in like a salmon sweater or something like that. You don't, you don't get on him about that. But uh, that show is coming up soon. I want. I want. I hope. Hope if he's not on with us tonight, we'll get him on soon and, and try to talk about when he's going to be on that show if he if he knows But it looks like it's going to be airing that soon. But anyway, like I said, what we're doing tonight, we're just going to be chopping it up for about an uh, an hour, hour and a half. Uh, like I say, let's uh, check out some of the interesting things that's going on with this first game, including James Wiseman, who's going to be making his uh, rookie debut. And uh, they're showing him right now on TNT. So they, they say he hasn't played any before tonight, like no uh, preseason or anything. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be, Definitely interesting, one of the interesting storylines there. What's up to my man Wes? My day one. See shout now see red. And we yeah, we definitely gonna talk about the Bulls as well. But uh the Bulls just don't seem as interesting as a lot of other things, (laughs) but they but they're more interesting than they've been in a couple years. So I definitely wanna get some thoughts out on them. But uh, you know the it's NBA, man. All together, man. We having fun tonight. The the games are back, you know. This uh, there's some other stuff going on with uh, you know, uh, James Harden and stuff that's gonna see to be permeating throughout the rest of the league, man. You know, uh, let's just let's just kick it off, man, with y'all before Chris comes on, like what. What are, what are y'all thoughts about the season right now kicking off and what are y'all you know what's what's on your minds primarily uh as this season gets going well I gotta say you said
1: that uh the Bulls don't necessarily seem as interesting as some of the other teams but Larry not getting extension makes this season even more intriguing to me right now and I think it's I think it was they are right to not have I feel they didn't go into it saying we're not gonna give him an extension, but I feel like the fact that they weren't able to come to an agreement um is good for the Bulls. Uh maybe good for Lowry. Uh he, he has that much more to play for now. Um I'm glad that the Bulls didn't just throw throw a bag his way just cause like let this dude prove it, because to this point his career has inspired more questions than it has answered. So I definitely want to see if we're going to keep it on a Chicago angle. I want to see how he performs this year, if he can finally play with some consistency. Um, how Kobe White continues to develop, obviously Patrick Williams. Uh, but I think the two the two lead things for the Bulls are going to be Laurie and um, Kobe White. And I think it's we've seen in the preseason that he struggled at times, speaking of Kobe White. But he also has that that dog mentality that he's not just going to give up. So I think that that that's going to be huge too. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. In terms of the rest of the league, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of just who can prove to be um, formidable for the Lakers. Man, I, I, I'm I'm struggling to to, to find a, a number of teams that can. Kind of fit into that mold. I think out west. I think the the Clippers, even though they lost some pieces and they still got some question marks of their own that they got to figure out. I think they probably still pose the biggest threat, just because they have two guys that can uh, defend or do their best to defend LeBron. They still, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how Surge is gonna do against um, AD, but at least they can they can they can they got one one part of that equation somewhat covered. Um, what you guys think?
2: I mean, you're talking about LeBron and AD, man. That's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's like the top of the top. I mean, all I know is at the end of the day, in order for LeBron to win a championship, three out of the four championships, he's won. He's always had a Chicago sidekick. So at the end of the day, he repping Chicago. He's he's helping put Chicago on a man because we put in Chicago because, you know, our, our talents, the D ways and the ads are coming through with these titles. Um, but aside from all of that, man, what I'm looking forward to the season. It's I'm just glad the NBA is back. I'm glad that um, this go around my hair is right, my mini fro is right, so I could watch these, watch my games <laughs> with my with my mini fresh prince look going on. So I'm good with that. And on top of all of that. Um, just the fact that like the NBA, it's fireworks everywhere. There's always something big going on every offseason for us to look forward to. Now it's really at one of the, at one of its highest peaks, you know, with all these players making all these moves, KD to KD and Kyrie going, to, going to Brooklyn. You know, that's a new, that's a new thing that back in our younger days, you want to see what that looks like on 2k. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all these different moves that have been made have really contributed to that. But I'm glad that move, I'm glad and, and and excited about the movements that have been taking place, the new changes, like you mentioned with the Bulls. It's nice to see that there's finally change, but but that change is going to be tested. Um and we just we just, at this point we just gotta see how things go. I'm glad the Bulls didn't uh extend Larry. Um I when when, when I think when AK really said this is gonna be a trial year for this team, he really meant it. He's so prove it. That's pretty much where we are at this point. And if and I'm excited, I'm excited for Kobe White as well. Um I, I, I talked earlier this week on Second City Sports with Sid. Shout out to Sid um and Lakina for a great sh- for you know have a great show here on War Media. But I recently talked to them about, you know, Bulls and Kobe White and how this the, the the dynamic duo when it comes to coaching with Kobe White. Billy Donovan and the experience of Mo Cheeks, who are point guards, um have played point guard in the league. Mo Cheek has you know is a great Chicago legend. But at the same time, he's coached top tier talent. Uh he's coached the Russell Westbrooks, the Chris Pauls, um, and things of that sort. So that way so so that extra, you know, knowledge and wisdom of the game from a point guard position is gonna help excel Kobe White to another level. So I'm really anxious to see um how that plays out over time. And you know, I'm just glad that to, to be able to watch basketball again for me, because you know me, I'm an NBA guy, so I love to watch them. So I'm glad to be able to watch basketball again, and and I'm and we also got to give a shout out to the NBA for just the quick turnaround that they did to even prepare for this. They they just finished the bubble less than three months ago, I think. So to be able to finish that and come straight to basketball, hey, you got to give them their props, and I'm excited that you know basketball's back on.
0: Definitely, definitely. Shout out to everybody who's been joining us early on. Big homie Jonathan Hood, J. Hood, ESPN 1000, man. Definitely listen to him. The best morning uh, sports show in the city, man. Him and Cap. Uh, Definitely thank you for your support, big man. And, uh, you know, hope you can stay with us a little bit more uh, for the next hour or so. And, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, like, like you say, Josh, man, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things going on with the Bulls. I'm let me you know before Chris goes on comes joins us. We uh, I, I'll give my thoughts too on the Bulls. Uh, I pretty much echo everything that y'all say. Like um, you know, Laurie needs to prove himself some more. I I like the whole concept of the whole team being under the scope. You know, we gotta we gotta see what's really gonna make this team tick going forward, man. And you know, I, I, I said it uh like last week talking with uh Ken and some and uh some of the guys Sean Terry and uh you know I I said I I wasn't worried. They thought I was saying that I wasn't worried that the Bulls were going to make the playoffs. Like I was sure that they were going to make the playoffs, but I was saying that I'm I'm not worried if they make the playoffs or not. You know, so that's I'm not I really I'm not confident that they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe. They'll be in that 10 range where they can be in the play in. But, you know, this this season is about development. And let's, you know, let's see how Patrick Williams uh plays a, a whole rookie season. Let's see how Kobe develops as the uh the main guy on the ball, uh, you know, running the offense. Let's see how uh, you know, I, I think there's some there's some stuff for Zach to prove, you know, because a lot of people are sort of uh you know sort of resigned to saying, well, he's not a number one. He's he's only a number two, or maybe in a lot of cases number three. I think he should wanna he should wanna play himself into the discussion as possibly being a number one this year if he can possibly lead the team to the playoffs and make them overplay and overproduce as opposed or as opposed to you know doing, like I say doing more than what people expect of this team as a whole. A lot of that's going to come if he overproduces as well. So you know I, I'm I'm just interested to see how the guys run. I, I'm I'm one I want to see how their motion offense how they how they work if if they're more of a you know uh, an exciting team on offense if but if they can also uh, play themselves into. Uh, Keep themselves into games defensively. There's a lot that's potentially there for this team to sh- to showcase itself and really allow itself to be interesting and entertaining throughout day to day. They're not going to be embarrassing to watch anymore. I think that there's not going to be like there'll be more of a pull to watch them from day to day. Starting with uh, the opener tomorrow against Atlanta. So I'm definitely excited for those games. But uh, let's uh, we got Chris Pennant here. Mr. Simon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, Breezy. Oh the, Wait, wait, wait. Got hey, the red
0: Kyle. on. Kyle,
1: last time, last time we was here, you you, you missed out, man. But these two dudes here, man. These two Bradley guys here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the show in last Bradley's time. in the field, man. Check the banner. Check go go the on. banner.
3: <laughs> Talk to him about
0: it. Oh, Brad. Oh, oh please. Brad. <laughs> Uh, uh, running run right now. I
1: needed you,
3: man. Needed y'all y'all yeah, going dude. against
0: Missouri? Y'all better not be, beat Missouri <laughs> if Illinois could be beat a man tonight. <laughs> you
3: know, <Rally> <laughs>
0: Sorry, boy. I will not stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shouting out my I'm shouting out to Salukis too. We seven to oh. zero, Drew. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's represent. Yeah. We beat Butler yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. We undefeated. So we're we gonna see y'all in the conference. Bradley. <laughs> we're gonna see y'all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but uh hey, man, cool. we got all our
0: guests. Co- we got our guests coming on too, man. Let's let's go into full formation. Mr. Chris Casey Gonna okay. join us for about the next half hour or so. Uh let me see this damn button rec- reacts right. Rec- all right, there we go. There we go. Chris, long time, bro. How you doing,
4: man? Yeah, it's been a long time, man. How's everything going? Oh, man, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you? Can't complain, man. Slow motion. <laughs> they better than none. Better than
0: none. Exactly. But yeah, we. I see, we you you out there though, man. Like I say, you you in GQ heavy, talking to big name peoples and everything, man. I, you know you, you doing the show with uh with Sean and, and Brian, man. We definitely uh you know love to check that out, man. According to sources, man. So you know I'm glad to have you on the you know in the mix with us to talk about the NBA. You're always one of the best to talk the league with, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we was, you know, we was just sort of slowly getting into things before, you know, Chris, both, both of you, Chris has joined us uh, in a relatively short uh, manner here, but, uh, you know, i just, just spreading out the talk to you guys. uh, We were sort of just really rolling into the season. You know, what, what's the main things that have been interesting to us, you know, as the season, uh, you know, gets commences and everything. So, Uh, Let's start with uh, you know I guess Chris here man, you know what what's been really sticking out for you really been piquing your interest as the uh, as as the NBA gets ready to tip off again.
4: Oh, well the James Harden situation. Uh, Just because whenever you have arguably a top five talent in the league, and you know he's disgruntled and he wants out, you know, but he still has two years on his deal that can cause like a big. I would say most of the, most of the guys on that Houston team are veterans, but you know, still when you have like the one, a guy who's unhappy and he doesn't want to be there, that can, especially at the beginning of the year, that can kind of derail your season before it even starts because you got guys wondering, you know, you know, do I really listen to this guy? If, you know, he's got one foot in here and one foot out, you got a first year head coach, you got, Probably, I think, another player on the team who is unhappy with a contract situation. So I'm looking at that situation very closely and just seeing who puts together a package, you know, for a guy like that. And what does that team lose? I, I don't think he's going to end up in Brooklyn. I think he's going to end up some team that we probably didn't even really think about. It's not, I don't think it's going to be like Philly or Brooklyn at all. I think it's going to be some team that came out of the blue. He gonna get banished to Sacramento, man. I don't think they were doing like that, but I would say <laughs> my my dark they gonna, they gonna, my dark horse is Denver. To <laughs> Denver? Okay. Yeah, my dark horse is Denver.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I was just saying, man. It it's you know the the news coming out today. There's a couple things. You know, he's breathing all heavy on on the strippers again. You know, no mask on. <laughs> And you know he's throwing balls at rookies and stuff, man. Yeah, I I, I really, you know, what do we have to say about the way that he's 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 got to be cutting into not only his leverage but the leverage that Houston has with other teams. Like like Chris just said, you know, we've we heard reports about Miami wanting to step back. You know, that may be you know a showy thing there where they're, they're trying to execute some behind the scenes. You never know with Patton, but, but, you know, we've had other teams that are looking to step up now and, and they're probably look, they're probably all looking to take James at a, uh, at a lower buy rate than they would have maybe a week or two ago. You know, what what do you guys think about that?
3: It's um I think it's interesting because James Harden, like, like Chris said, and like we all know, he's arguably a top five talent in the league as with the league, the way, the rules are geared now, it's pretty much perfect for him to operate and be a consistent 28 to 30 point scorer each year in, year out, right? As he's at his peak. At the same time, teams still look at behavior closely. And, you know, when when the Rockets were at their best, which was a, a, a conference finals exit, he would... You could look past James Harden hidden strip clubs. We we've known about that since um since the article dropped to how guys weren't didn't really need like a guy to get them in places because of dating apps. Like the first paragraph was about, yo, I'm James Harden's guy in Miami. Now, when the Rockets are basically they broke up the band and they're trying to get him someplace, you know, it could be machinations by, by Houston to get a better deal. Or it could be machinations by Harden's camps for him to stick around and, you know, I I don't even know, just to, like, to lower his value for some reason. It's it's weird to me, though, because when I was talking to a friend of mine about whether the Bulls should um, consider a package for Harden, I didn't think it would work for them. One, because they would have to give up too much and the team would be either the same or worse off, depending on what Houston wanted in a trade, but also because I didn't think that James Harden made them a better team. I honestly don't. I I don't think that if you have a team that's just under contention level like the Bulls are and, say, maybe Orlando. I might be biased because I'm not a huge fan of his game, but I don't know if James Harden makes those teams better. It's funny you say banished to Sacramento because I still think that's a team on the rise with Swiper and Buddy Heald, but I don't know if he makes them a better team.
0: Crit case man how how many teams can we look at for him to move where he would honestly make them ent- make the team that he would go to into a title contender or a title favorite
4: well, that, well that's tough i mean i think if we're looking at title contenders obviously philly would would uh stick out um denver would stick out depending on what they what they would lose in return. Um, but yeah, there there really aren't, when we talk about contenders, there's really maybe three or four of those teams really in the league. When we talk about like they're starting training camp and the talk is title expectation. The rest of those teams, like making the playoffs or getting to, you know, semifinals, you know, that's a great season for them. Like there's not like all 30 teams don't start with championship expectations. So the list of contenders is very small. And I think if you are one of those contenders, you're trying to get another team involved because you don't want to lose too much of your core, you know, you know, for a guy who's a high volume player. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see like how long this can drag. I think it could drag on until March until the trading deadline, because, you know, they Houston is just in a bad position now where like all these teams are just going to throw a low ball off first, you know, and um, I don't think any team is really, you know, leading with, you know, what they could lead with. I mean, and the closer it gets to the trade, then like maybe you get somebody trying to do something, but this could be a situation that, you know, really does play out, you know, over the course of the season, which would be unfortunate because, you know, you have a great young coach and uh, Steven Silas there, and this is his, uh, his welcoming. You know, to NBA, uh, his first, his first go-around as a head coach. This is what he has to deal with. Yeah, so like, uh, Silas seems
0: like a guy that a lot of people like, and aside you, and uh, a lot of people like him. And you know, he, you know, he's a young black coach, which you know, sort of tugs at our heartstrings a little bit. But you know, I'm interested. I'll be interested to see how Houston. You know, I I liked what I saw them when they played here in town uh, the, the other weekend. You know, seeing you know Wall get back into action and seeing uh, Cousins. You know, they I think you know they got a you know a lot of people are high on uh, Christian Wood as well. They they got some players, so it's, they may be a team that it, I, I could foresee a situation where it's sort of like the the last days of uh, uh, of. Uh, uh, of Anthony Davis in New Orleans, where he was hmm. he was sort of apart from the team, and the team was figuring was beginning to figure out themselves without him while he was yeah. still on the roster. So you know, I I, I want to see how Houston reacts to this and how as well. And you know, will we see a lot of days where you know Harden isn't playing, where he's you know a DNP or something like that, or you know. Uh, you know uh, uh, it, it'll be interesting the, the sort of mental politics that's going to be involved with this i just want him to stop breathing hard on strippers you know with uh, without a mask you know my god my god you no know, be
4: safe you know be safe man you, know? you, know, you shouldn't you should do that when it's Protect a healthy situation. No, exactly yeah i yeah. think you'll be breathing too hard also no, the, the
0: vaccine thing, no, the vaccines ain't out there yet, man. Just you know, let let the ladies earn a living, you know. <laughs> at, at
4: the at the same time, I mean, if he is, you know, patronage those bit those businesses, we got to commend him for that, man. It's tight out here for everybody, so yeah. no. <laughs> no, got to up for that. No, but, it's but, not
1: like Chris so not kid, quite man.
0: a central worker. <laughs>
1: Like Chris said, like Chris mentioned, um, there's only about maybe three or four teams that have a realistic shot at at (laughs) contending.
3: And
1: then um, James Harden, the fact that he's such a a specialized player, that doesn't make it easy either. Uh, You know, Houston is James Harden. James Harden is Houston. Like, he can't go anywhere else and have the kind of gravitational pull that he's had where he is right now. You know what I mean? He, he's gonna have to come in. And he has to fit in. Obviously, his chances of winning a ring are gonna be um, that much greater if he moves to a place in the East. But I just have to wonder: is his best situation still trying to play with John Wall and, and Boogie Cousins and, and a new uh, head coach and maybe a new style that can unlock some things that weren't able to be unlocked uh, before this season? Because, like you said, uh, Kyle, you talk about. The- um wall is mm-hmm. good man i mean i if i were him I'm, I'm just i'm surprised that he he's not necessarily willing to give it a little bit more of a of a shot to see what happens with the new pieces that they
4: have well, i look at that situation and what i saw yeah. and i have said this before is what houston houston went like this unconventional approach i mean and you got to give them credit for that but at the same time always worried was is the goal really a title or was the goal really to keep James happy because every move that was made from the time he got there was essentially like hey we get we got our toy now you know let's 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 keep him happy. You know the didn't like the parent with the White. The White's gone. You get Chris Paul there. That didn't work out. Get rid of him. Westbrook is there it's not a fit. You get him out. I mean you, they they pretty much bent over backwards like every way possible an organization can, you know, for one player, not to say that there's other superstars that are getting preferential treatment, but I think theirs was so blatant and so obvious. And when whenever that takes pretty much whenever that like overrides accountability, you know, then I think that's where it's an issue and, you know, just looking at the way Houston played, you look at the way, you know, his body language was when he didn't have the ball in his hands, that's coaching, but that's also like an organization thing. Like there's nobody that, you know, could have grown up to James and said, yo bro, like when I got the ball, at least make it look like, you know, you're part of the play, you know, run, run, a you know, give me a flare screen or something like don't just, you know, drift off by half court, you know? So, It's going to be interesting to see if he goes to another situation now. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. When you go to a different situation, that you're no longer like the guy that the organization hovers around. How do you adjust to that? Do you adjust to that? So that's where I'm interested more. I think just with the moves Houston made this year, he didn't feel like he was included in them. You you look at everything with DeAntoni, the roster moves made there, even things going into like, team travel everything revolved around him and now when houston pretty much put their foot down like all right well we're bringing in this coach we're bringing in you know this gm it just looked like it rubbed him the wrong way because he wasn't used to it he was used to having his way for like what eight eight years and now it's like all right well we got to start being an organization at some point and he looks like nah, you know i'm not with this And i think there's some other stuff that goes on behind that i think you know, some of the things with the owner there um, in terms of political views and things like that, I believe that has a part yeah. of a lot of things. But, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see what happens with that situation. Mm-hmm.
3: And if if mm-hmm. I can jump in one, let's, it's, let's, it's so wild. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris, that la- The lasting image, other than, you know, outside of the Rockets getting booted out in the second round, the lasting image that we would have had from the playoffs is James Harden breaking his um, accepted – the accepted persona that we all had about him and playing defense in a clutch situation and making a big defensive play. When you think about that, that would make his stock so much higher. And now we, we, we're back to Charles Barkley level James Harden in the strip club. Like it's, it's a failure of mentality.
2: Well, Jimmy Butler might be a little proud. Yeah. He did take a few notes himself <laughs> and got himself out of Minnesota. So, you know, Jimmy Butler might be a little proud, a little proud of what James Harden is doing. I don't know if it's as far as the strippers per se, but at least the, the eradication of what's going on, he may be, he may be you know, a little happy about that. But to Drew's point, um, aside from everything that's going on, I think two things. One, I think he does right now actually have a better fit with Houston in the roster they have now. Um. I think if he really just tried to play it out with um, with West—I mean, with John Wall as well as Boogie Cousins, I think that's actually a better lineup compared to what he's had in the past. Um, especially when you talk about a pick-and-roll action where you actually now have Boogie Cousins who can pop out, shoot the three, and be more that more dynamic of a big man instead of having a Clint Capella who he could just throw a lob to in the, in the post. Um, aside from that, I think the Milwaukee Bucks really missed out on that type of opportunity when they sold the full farm for drew holiday. If they kept some of those pieces or at least those draft picks, maybe they could have had, they could have played a huge role in getting maybe James Harden to pair up with Giannis. And now that, and those two together would have been a dynamic duo that could at least guarantee the bucks at least pass the first round, at least back to the Eastern conference finals. So I think, I think if the bucks, you know, kept what they had and then sell the whole farm for drew holiday, even though drew Holiday's a hell of a player. He's not a James Harden. Um, he's not a superstar to get another superstar next to Giannis, especially since you are on, since we pretty much know Chris Middleton is not that guy as your number two option on the team. I mean, I, I think the Bucks kind of shot themselves in the foot and not being able to get that type of opportunity to to lure a James Harden in there. And quite frankly, if you're trying to sell the whole farm, I mean, it's going to, I mean, other teams are not gonna be willing to do that, especially c- title contending teams. Um, And his, his, his options are pretty limited. So yeah. if, I if I was him, I'd just try to work things out in, in Houston. Although things ain't going the way that he want, might have wanted to go, that might be literally his best option at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why it gives credence to, you know, the idea that this would probably we're just at the beginning of this process. Like it's probably gonna go deeper into the season than you know, you than we may have even expected at, at a certain point. But you know, I, I wanna I wanna talk about you know, because we got the game on now. I don't know how many of y'all got the game Ooh. on, but a lot of this started with Harden apparently wanting to force a trade to Brooklyn, and Brooklyn right now is looking like you know we good. You know they 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 trying to jump out pretty early here, and they got a nice lead on Golden State. And of course, Golden State isn't the same team that we've uh, seen. You know that they're not the dynasty team anymore. You know we've. You know, they've gone through their process and they you know they have some of their guys back of course the, the devastating injury uh with Thompson and everything has, has held them back but uh in there <laughs> you know so they got they got some talent but you know Brooklyn it see you know we'll see how this how the rest of this game goes but I, I think a lot of people are expecting some things of Brooklyn whether they Know, are a finished team or not? You know what? What are y'all thoughts overall on what's happened in Brooklyn and, and what's possible for
4: that team uh, going forward? Chris Casey, let's start us, start it off, man. Oh, uh, I think their mindset now is championship. I mean, when you look at the you got two two champs, you got two champs there already. You got a deep team. Uh, I mean. The way they look so far in the preseason, I watched—I uh, believe—two of their games. Looked impressive. I mean, KD looked like KD. I mean, if he's healthy or even ninety percent of you know what we know him to be, that he's the best player in the Eastern Conference by by far. There's just nobody that can mess with him. Um, health is going to be a big part, especially with Kyrie. Kyrie's just over the last man. I would say his career—he he always like has had that like a fluke injury, it'll be like something just weird, just comes out at the worst times. Um, but yeah, I mean you look at depth you got Karis vert there, Joe Harris uh just re up. You got Depp with DeAndre uh Jordan um backing up um the big kid, yeah, I forgot his name. But yeah, I mean when you look at from uh, top I'll to- it out Jared Allen. Yeah, yeah, from top to bottom, they're just I mean they almost essentially a complete team. And I think one reason if you're Brooklyn, you don't want to bring a guy like James in. Like, we've already had, like, a shortened training camp. I mean, we've kind of established a a tempo we want to play at. Now you got to bring another guy in here who needs the ball, needs to be brought up to speed, and that kind of changes, you know, the flow of things, like, because are you playing Kyrie off the ball now? That takes away touches from Kevin Durant. Takes away. I mean, well, Karras Karras obviously wouldn't be there. But I mean, I think Brooklyn, if all goes well, like they should be right there at the end, um, like in the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Are they already a better looking team or or more? You know, a a more. uh, Would you consider them a better contender already than say a Milwaukee?
4: That's a good question. Um, I, would, I would say so, just because you look at what Milwaukee's issue has been, is because you really don't have a closer, like a guy at the last two two or three minutes, <laughs> like where it's one-on-one now. The game is slowed down to a crawl. Who's going to go get you a shot? Brooklyn has two of those guys, three of those guys, <laughs> if you count Karis LeVert, too. Because he's like not shy at all when the game gets down on the line. just I don't think a lot of people have gotten a chance to see him play. Um, but, yeah, you look at Milwaukee. One thing that I'm looking at this year is the adjustments they make throughout the season. Because, I mean, the last two seasons they've ran away with the Eastern Conference, essentially playing the same way. You know, they were blowing teams out. But when it gets to the playoffs and things slow down, we know how to game plan for you. We're gonna build a wall around Giannis, and now these other guys. We're gonna close out on your shooters. Now, who's gonna be able to put the ball on the floor and make a play? You know, so Drew helps that, but what's gonna help Milwaukee is just like making adjustments during the playoffs because that's all the playoffs are about. You know, you can't bow out the way they have. You know, the last two years especially with that record uh, during the regular season. So I think Drew takes a ton of pressure off of Giannis, but in terms of contending right now, I would say Brooklyn is the strongest just because you have two guys that you can go to at the end of the game and there's literally nothing an opposing defense, a defensive player can do against any one of them. Your best bet is just trying to make their shot as hard as possible. The, yeah. the
0: intrigue is ramped up in the East. You, you got, you know, Miami, of course, is emboldened after their bubble run. You know, you still got teams like Boston and Philly who want to be heard. You know, even a team like Toronto, you know, and, you know, that, that top four is going to be – there's probably about six teams that want to lay claim to that top four spots. But, uh, you know, a couple of them going to have to be bounced back to the, to the latter half. And uh, you know, I, Drew, you know, you want you guys, something going to jump in, man. What, what what do you think about the landscape of the East right now?
1: Um, like you said, man, that, that top half of that East is, is looking very competitive, man. Um, Brooklyn, I would say, uh, because of what Chris Cason just said, having two number one guys, man, that that puts them ahead of the game in the Eastern Conference. Um, for all the moves that Milwaukee was able to make. Giannis still doesn't have a number two guy. He's got two number threes, if you ask me. I've been saying it since they got Drew Holiday. You know, him and Chris Middleton are, are nice threes, but who's your number two guy? Um, if you want to take it a step further, like, like Chris said, um, Giannis hasn't, been, hasn't proven um, able to be dependent upon and take, take those clutch shots, man, because he, he just struggles to hit them. Um, I'm still looking at Miami. I, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, power rankings where Miami kind of slipped down a little bit, and I'm confused by that. Um, I guess people really aren't believing in the in the the bubble performance that they had. Um, I think Toronto takes a step back. Uh, I want to see how Philly does now. Um, getting uh, Seth Curry in the mix. Um, Tyrese Maxey looks really good. Looks like he might be the still of the draft. Uh, you got a healthy Ben Simmons now. It looks like a motivated. Um, Joel and Joel and B that we really haven't seen much of uh since he's coming to the league. And we can we can see what Doc Rivers can do with that. Um but I think if I had to, I think if if I'm picking today, I'd probably say I want to see Miami and and um Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. I like the Celtics, but it's just something about the Celtics I just I can't go all in on yet. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Hey, hey, yeah, I mean for you and got jump in.
2: Yeah, yeah. Drew uh brought up some good points and Chris uh Casey did as well. I think for me though, the biggest thing that we ha- that I'm gonna be paying attention to is like the bottom half of the East because some of those bottom half teams really did make a good um some good off season moves, especially when you're talking about Atlanta um getting uh Badanovich and Rajon Rondo. Um and, all, and, all, and other good players to, to beef up their young roster, um, which pairing that with Trey Young and um, and uh, at least the and you know the stats that he put up this past year, you're looking at a, an Atlanta team that could really jump into that playoff role, especially with the expanded um, uh, playing tournament. They could be fighting for. They could be you know in the playoffs next year. Um, so I think the bottom half is more is going to be more intriguing when with teams that went along that made, that made moves even though washington and the wizards they traded you know john wall they got russell westbrook that's a whole different animal when you're talking about comparing him to bradley beale in that backcourt um so you know these teams they beefed up the roster just like everybody else um and this is i think that bottom half of the east is going to be very intriguing to pay attention to especially when you're talking about the expansion of the play of the play-in tournament
3: yeah, that, that's a good point, Josh. Because I, I think it's still kind of a top heavy heavy conference. Just looking at um, what the Nets did on the whole, they still have their pieces that were that had everybody really singing their praises from a couple of years ago. Karis Levert, who made his you know laudable comeback. Joe Harris, who is uh, the sabermetrics darling, mm-hmm. and Jared Allen, who's the same way. And that's not to, you know I'm not a huge stats guy, but that's not to diminish what Joe Harris does. He's the lights out three point shooter. Um, who came up when the Nets were unassuming and has stayed on the Nets for a reason when they acquired these pieces. They kept him around for a reason. So they've kept a lot of their backbone and then got their their bright lights to make themselves a top quality uh, finals contender in the East. And so then after that, you have Milwaukee, who still after four years of Giannis has to prove themselves, which is very disconcerting. And then Philadelphia, Toronto, um, Boston, Miami. I think with the with the expanded tournament, you're going to see. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised with Rondo, and with Trey Young, who's, um, you know, he's not the deadliest guy in the league yet, but I feel like he has enough of that kind of Steph Curry IQ to take himself to the next level without needing a challenge. Like he's he's got enough challenging himself to be able to take the next steps and be able to be like a. He, he could throw up those 45-point games and just take over a game by himself. So I would be surprised if Atlanta doesn't start off. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta starts off hot and carries that for a while before maybe they slow down. But I, I, if they get to like a six, the number six spot in the conference, I wouldn't be surprised at that. Rather than fighting for those last one or two slots, and then, you no, know, it, it goes. It's kind of, it's kind of where you go from there. Charlotte, Detroit. Um, Indiana, if they can get over injury, injury woes, where do they fall? But in, in terms of who's better, um, it's it's so wild and disappointing to me that I got to think of Milwaukee as still needing to prove themselves because they screwed up that Bogdanovich deal. They've been the same way, exactly like Chris said, exactly like we all know. If you, if you can have somebody stick Giannis by the three-point line and keep a body on him and force for the guys to make a shot, you have a good chance of beating them if it comes down to that. Brooklyn, who are you going to put on Kyrie? Who are you going to put on KD? Who are you going to put on Karis LeVert? And then you got to leave Joe Harris open, who can hit a three from just about anywhere. That, in my mind alone, makes – if you give me the Nets and the Bucks in the seven-game series, it's Brooklyn
0: in five. <laughs> Chris uh, – Not to mention uh,
4: Midwitty, too. Uh, <laughs> How much longer you got, Casey? Oh, I got 10 minutes. I'm good. How much longer you got, Kate? Okay.
0: Well, let's, let's, let's transition a little bit and get into, you know, one of the big storylines leading up to, uh, like, last week or so, was Giannis and his contract situation. He goes and reads up. And reads up. So, uh, you know, for the record, record, was it 225 or something like that? But you know, he, he's whole got the higher contract in the That's all it is. Yeah,
4: whole
0: lot. Yeah, whole lot. Whole lot of bag, big old bag. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he. So he he's rooting himself in in uh in Milwaukee. You know, do you think that was the most prudent decision for him? Do you, or are you wondering? You know, or, are you thinking that he should have maybe waited out this year and let you know, or, or, or try to you know uh a one-plus-one or some other type of situation that, you know, would have allowed him more opportunity to be flexible in the near future.
4: Uh, The one thing I love about Giannis is how different he is from, like, I would say the American, quote-unquote, superstar. I mean, when you look at the humble beginners, I mean, here's a guy who's – him and his brothers were outside, you know, selling trinkets, you know, just – so that family could have money to eat. I mean, when you come from a background like that, his whole worldview is completely different. So just, I'm, of course I don't know him, but just everything that went through his head before like deciding to sign this, the money is always gonna be there for a player like that. But I think everything in his head went back into, this is an organization that believed in me, I, grown up here i've learned how to drive here they've embraced my family um and he's just looking at that community as ra- you know raising his family and everything and the organization i mean when you look at the moves and what they've built up from the time he built up that's, that gives them confidence to sign that extension and i think with a guy like Giannis. You, he's not the recruiting type. He's not the guy that you'll see, you know, going to open gyms during the summer and hanging out with guys. But I do think he's a guy that a lot of um, players, like in the future, will want to play with, just because it looks like the main thing about him is winning. Like you're not seeing Giannis on, you know, league fits or anything. He's not trying to get a fit off of the gram. Giannis is everything that you see about him is family. And, you know, he just wants to be the best player possibly. And if you're another superstar, if you're another great player, you look at that because you're just like, man, well, I can slide right in there and I can make this easier for him as opposed to, like, having to fight with him about certain things. Giannis is all about winning. So uh, I think it was the best – obviously the best decision for him. Um, I don't think it'll be a a situation where three years down the line – he'll have any regrets on signing the deal like that. But yeah, I think it was the smartest decision and just as for the league as a whole, I mean, when you got a guy that roots himself in a small market like that is very rare. Um, especially nowadays, a lot of guys will sign a two or three year deal uh, with a player option for that last deal, but to give a you know full, yeah, full, like five years while you're in your prime. I mean, that's a testament to who he is and just a testament to, like how great the relation is between him and that organization,
0: Josh. I know you were high on the deal. What, what, what are your thoughts on uh, Giannis staying put and sticking sticking it out with with Milwaukee? Do you think they're going to be able to pay it off for him as soon as this year?
2: No, I don't think the Bucks are going to pay it off as soon as this year. Um, I actually wanted. I actually wish Giannis didn't sign the deal. I wish he would have just waited out, finished out the season and then we'll enter free agency and just see what other options are out there, especially from a winning perspective, because with the way the books are currently shaped, especially with the off season moves of trading their whole farm for Drew holiday, that's not going to be enough to get them over the hump, especially in the Eastern conference where the Eastern where a lot of the top heavy teams in the Eastern conference really beefed up their rosters and superstar talent to um, get themselves into the finals. So I don't think the Bucks have enough and we'll have enough for a little, for a nice little minute to get Giannis over the hump. But it's a, but like Chris Cason said, it's a huge win for the league, especially from a small market perspective to show that, you know, they can keep top tier talent and still, you know, be, remain relevant. Um, Giannis did come off, does come off as someone that's not really, even though he's about winning, you know, he respects the Bucks, He respects the loyalty that he's, uh, that they gave him, um, this is his first real home outside of, you know, outside of the country. And they embraced him. And, he, and from what I've told and heard from, um, from Eric Woodyard, who stopped on my Endoscope show to talk about this, um, he talked about how, you know, he really views Wisconsin and Milwaukee as a place where he can raise his family, where he can uh, where there's an actual future, not just for him, but his brothers and sisters, his family that he's taking care of, um, his sons. Um, He wants to have more kids (laughs) and he he said he wants to have them grow up in Milwaukee. So um, I think there was a more of an interpersonal role that played a a huge effect in the signing of this deal. But from a basketball perspective, I think I wish he would have held off on that because I don't think the Bucs is this this place for him to ultimately win and have, or have the best chances of winning. I think if he waited another year, he could have went somewhere else and they've, and you know, at least with a better culture or a better roster that can really Get him to the titles that he's really trying to seek after.
0: I'm, you know, I'm. I'm of the thinking that I, you know, I, I just don't. I, I'm. I, I definitely want players to have to exercise their their uh, mobility and you know their ownership, their their self ownership, their you know authorship as as athletes and as you know whatever they. Whatever they want to be, you know, athletes, brands, whatever. But I, 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 do think that at the same time we've sort of gotten used to players of of Giannis's caliber doing going about things a certain way in the in the in the post-LeBron decision era. So you know, for me, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, on the on the more. You know, i'm glad that he that he did what he what he did and he he exercised his own thinking and he didn't just be like well i you know, I got to do this because this is how a player of my stature does does these things i got to i got to see how things are going to be on on the open market for me you know or, or I'll feel like I'm losing something or i got to feel like i got to start these machinations where i got to try to team up with one or two other guys because Otherwise, I'm not going to win a title. I think he's fully confident in his ability to mature, to continue to mature as a player and to bring about everything that he needs to bring in, within himself along with the team that he has in Milwaukee to bring that that uh that market, its first French, his first title since, you know, Lou Alcindor. And, you know, uh, that's just one thing. I said on Twitter like that'll be a shade under if he's able to do that, that'll be a shade under what LeBron did with Cleveland. so you know that's one of the stories that I'm rooting for within these next five years of this contract if he if he plays it out, and you know I, I want to see that happen, you know it like like Josh said, probably won't happen this year, but you know. It, the you gotta set roots down at some point you gotta you gotta stand your ground like you're taking a charge you know you gotta you gotta set your feet down and and put you know make space for yourself and that's what John has done is done with this decision and i'm, I'm honoring him for it you know hope like I say hopefully hopefully the bucks don't make him look bad and they do everything that they can to make him uh, a champion eventually and, and, you know at the same time, he has to do a lot as well. He has to make more of himself as well. And that's what I think, that's what makes makes the difference between real franchise guys, real champions, and guys who just are, are you know, fad hoppers and, and, you know, guys who just don't jump on trends and stuff like that, you know.
1: Yeah. You, you know who changed my, my perspective uh-huh. on, on loyalty was uh, Kevin Garnett, man, in Minnesota. Like, watching him Give his blood, sweat, and tears for so long to so an organization that didn't always put the best pieces around him. I was happy to see him leave. I just wish—I don't know—he got a championship, but I just—I I wish, you know, the the better part of his days in Minnesota would have been spent playing for an actual—you know what I'm saying—playing for a championship, not just that one year where he had a um, spree by his side and Sam Cassell. Um, but he—he he changed my whole outlook yeah. on uh, a player's loyalty to their franchise Um where nowadays it's not even really, it's cool if it happens, but I guess it's unexpected, especially for the, for the, the small market guys, small market teams.
0: Yeah. You, you got to look at the franchises and the way that they're moving. I think when you look back at that Minnesota, the way Minnesota's being ran at that time, it was, it wasn't being ran to their maximum capacity. You know, I think Milwaukee at this point right now, you can't really aside from a couple little mistakes that they may have made in this offseason, they still were able to at least get Drew Holiday in, into the fold. They still were able to to do to be proactive in some way. And I think we look at the bigger uh, the the bigger view of what they've done since you know, like Chris says, since he's touched down as the 14th pick you know uh several years ago they built they built up the worth of that franchise overall with him as the centerpiece oh, yeah, that, sure. that new stadium up there that's the stadium that John is built essentially and they, they got you know up to up to date features and everything in there that though
4: the, you know, the oh, practice yeah. facilities up, up you, yeah, know, every, yeah, the, you know everything yeah you know around that area they got it set up well crazy. Yeah, I remember going to the old Bradley Center, like during my time covering the Bulls and it's like an old college, like old college stadium. But now going there, like that entire area is just, I'll call it the Giannis effect. Like if, if he would have left at all, like I don't think any of those businesses around that new stadium flourish at all. But now with that guy being around there, like that's an attraction. That's a tourist destination. Now in Milwaukee, you know, of all places, not saying anything bad about Milwaukee, but I mean, it's crazy. Just when we talk about the last five years, I remember going to Milwaukee games and you see nothing but Bulls jerseys. And now it's different. It's completely yeah. different. You look at the, you know the franchises and what they've been able to do the last five years, you would have never thought that Milwaukee would be up here and Chicago would be down here trying to climb itself back up. But, yeah, it's crazy just the effect that, you know, a superstar player can have.
0: It's it's weird to me
4: because
3: um, knowing, knowing Wisconsinites, the, as, as, I, as I got to with my friend going to, to Madison for school, and even just the little things you see, like, Red Foreman on King on uh, that '70s show. The Bucks are Wisconsin's team, but not nearly as much as the Packers. So right. even even like I, I know a, I know a dude who went to who that went to Wisconsin, and uh, he was from Lacrosse. Good dude, kind of uh, like lean Republican, but he would rather have had a, a hockey team, honestly. I think than the Bucks. And he's he he's a sports fan, not just a football a hockey fan. He's a sports fan. So, Milwaukee, the city, is different from the rest of the state, but they've had at least three all-time NBA players in their history, and probably more if Sid Moncrief doesn't get hurt. And I'm not—I don't want to dispute you, Chris, on on what you know the effect would have been. I think if he left, I don't know if it would have been as drastic as we think if if Giannis leaves I'm 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 proud of him for staying because of of his history and the fact that he was that poor kid in in Greece who like the people around there weren't even trying to mess with him and he got on basketball and then all of a sudden it's like yo Giannis is Greek before he was Nigerian um I I don't I don't I don't know I I don't I don't know how much Wisconsin loves the Bucks even though you never hear about them getting possibly sold.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It feels like they want to keep them, but they don't they don't love them like that. Now this is the thing. The Bucks need to figure they, out what yeah. they need to do to win a championship. Cause that's what keeps that's what keeps people there. That's what's gonna keep people coming. That's what's gonna keep that area hopping. That's what's gonna keep the Bucks in people's mouths as more mm-hmm. than just the team that Sid Montcrief played for, and Junior Bridgman played for, and Kareem and Oscar played for. They got to win a championship.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, to your point, Chris. You know, uh, for we're gonna send uh, casing off, man. But first, you know, thanks, thanks for coming on with us, man. We appreciate it. No, thank you, and uh, you know, we definitely yeah. gonna have, got to have you back on for a longer, a longer time. Uh, you know, as the season goes forward, man yeah definitely. but uh yeah oh, yeah but yeah. Uh, yeah before before we let you go man just shout out what you got going on uh if you want to plug the, the you know the the sources or whatever man just let us know what's what's up with
4: you yeah definitely um you know follow us to the coordinate sources um like the a2s podcast me my guy sean davis brian crawford um as far as personal work i don't have anything coming out far kind of laying low for the rest of the year, you know, trying to make it to 2021. Um, Other than that, man, just like I said, just trying to lay low in in the year on the bank, man. Stay healthy, you know, stay protected, keep my family protected. Uh, But yeah, follow us, uh, according to sources podcast. We just dropped one yesterday, probably drop another one in about two weeks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all I got going on right now. No
0: doubt, no doubt, man. Best, you know, wishing the best to you, man, and, uh, like I said, all your fam. And uh I know you're going to do a lot of big things in 2021. So uh, we look forward to seeing what you got, man. And uh, it will definitely get you back on the show uh soon as we can.
4: Definitely appreciate y'all, man. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all night.
0: You too, man. All
4: uh, right, you too, Chris. Appreciate you, man. All right, you too, bro. All right.
0: Well, let me let me dip right back before we move on uh, about the Milwaukee stuff. Like, um, you know, I, like I said I worked up in Wisconsin for several years, and um, you know, it's the, the basically to what you to what you said, Chris. Like, it's basically the same as with most other fan bases. You got to win, and you got to you got to energize the, the 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 fan base and the populace in some way that you know i we, we look at a couple of years ago you know I, I got on i got on uh on inside the nba just by saying that it was lit up there you know cuz they was you know they they it was they that game one when they played uh toronto and they beat them up there they had the whole setup around the arena where you know they was it was packed up there and they was Everybody was yelling, and they was in the streets, and they was like, "Oh, we this is our time!" And you know, they got shut down the rest of that series, and it didn't happen. So they 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 it, that's led to them being at this sort of crossroads point. But when you look at, I just keep thinking of that night and how it was sort of like a fever pitch, and that's that's what you can get in Wisconsin because they ain't got too much up there. You know, they when they when they got when they got something they could get a hold of. You know, be it the Packers, be it you know University of Wisconsin, you know, be it you know, you know whatever, you know, saying some hockey related. They Yeah, they love to have a hockey team up there, but they don't. You know, the Bucks. If if they win enough, they they sit. They 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 will fill in that winter hole for them as a professional as a professional team. So, you know, I, that's, what. And I, that's another reason why I root for them. Cause like I said, I've been up there. I know when they do have a lot of love for basketball players up there, they seem to produce a white boy every year or so that, that plays like, like a Carolina or somewhere else, like a Tyler hero or something, you know, that, that can, uh, that plays out, you know, they got, they got a couple kids. Now the, uh, the Housers, you know, I used to work in the, in the, my main school that I covered up there was the school that they came out. Of. I didn't cover them, but uh, it was uh, Stevens Point. And they're playing oh, now. You know, we got one at Michigan State and one at Virginia. So they that's a that's a, a state that that likes bat. They love basketball, and they produce a lot of talented players. So, like I said, in the end, when it comes to the Bucks, they just got to – they had such a long time where – they were off and on, you know, that you know, in, in the 70s they had Lou and they had Oscar Robinson, and in the 80s they got on a bit, but they were the east was just too crowded at that time for right. them to break the through. Too nice. The nineties was just yeah, nineties there was just a lot of nothing, but then they built up that team in a 01 that almost got through. And mm-hmm. then there it was there's been a lot of nothing since then. You had Brandon Jennings for a year or two, and then and then Giannis. So they you know they they gotta they gotta be trained a little bit to to be able to deal with success. But the fact that Giannis is there for the next five years, you know, potentially that's going to say a lot about his legacy and this particular legacy, this particular era of Bucks basketball. And I'm like I said, I'm rooting for him. I, I want to see a title get won up there. Yeah, but uh, a
1: good story. This I just don't. Know. Now I was gonna say it'd be a good story for sure, man. I just now that KD, KD, and Kyrie are healthy, I don't know, man. That'd right, you
0: know, they, they, <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn don't don't they don't care nothing about that, and they got their team right, and the way yeah. they're looking tonight, man. And, take, and not, you know,
1: it. not even just Brooklyn. I mean, you got you know Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are not gonna get any worse, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Ben Simmons. And, and B, you know, they keep playing together, they don't split them up, they're not gonna get any worse.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the East, the East is the East. There's a lot of talent in the East, man. I, mm-hmm. You know, as I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out. You can, and like Josh said, even with the lower teams, like you may have a team that skips up a, a spot or two, like in Atlanta. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily expect this from Charlotte, but. They're going to be pretty interesting to watch. They, you're going to have a, you know, the ball throwing the ball everywhere, <laughs> you know, all sorts of ways and everything. And don't don't forget uh, you know, about the Pacers. I mean, out, they're not winning any
1: championships, but they got a nice little a nice little team that's good enough to at least get to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like uh, some bonus with yeah, her. They could right threaten the player, man. Um, like with when everybody is healthy. The Michael Jordan of the bubble, Mr. T.J. Warren is probably like their fourth best player. You know what I'm saying? So that's saying something for him.
0: And <laughs> <If laughs> we we got Michael <laughs> <laughs> <I> Jordan <laughs> of the bubble. Yeah, that was well, that's what uh, was that o- O'Connell called him that? Did Ricky called him that for in, he, uh, coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For he had a week or so where he was like Mike up in there. Yeah, who like, was playing? could be <laughs> stopped. <style for me. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> in, in,
3: Indiana's got that same. I mean, say Indiana will never let go of their their, uh, their their basketball, but they got that same kind of Milwaukee curse where they can't quite get around the teams that are better when they're good.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And right now they just keep getting horrible injury luck. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 They who was there was somebody that was Tom. I don't know if it was. uh uh hard, but it was somebody that was talking about like still some trade talk with them for a while. But I'm, I don't know. I they they Oladipo? may need some type of major shaking up. Like who? What are you uh, you're talking about Victor Oladipo? Yeah, like Oladipo, like moving him for I forgot who who they would move him for. They was the I forgot <laughs> who the talk was about. But That's I don't know. Don't do but that. They, they, <laughs> Yeah. They shouldn't do that. I'm well, just saying they, they shouldn't may, do that. <laughs> yeah, the, it's not likely they're going to get fair you know, fair trade on that. But, you know, it, we'll see how they play too. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm sort of pulling us back to the Bulls for a second before we go out west. But, you know, we got – like I said, you, there's space to move around in the East potentially. You know, maybe not in that top four, but, you know, from – Six, you got a six to ten range now with the play in. You know, what what we think overall about this play in stuff, like you know, I I guess it's gonna engender more energy from more fan bases. Like, if we had the six to ten last year, if we had the the ten, we would have been in there, the Bulls would have been in there, so it'd have been. I, but you know, at the same time though, maybe does that does does that lead to uh Jim Boylan keeping his job? You know, that's the type <laughs> of thing you kind of got to worry about if you're in that that range of basketball hell. You know, I, 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 I don't know. What, what I, y'all thoughts on that? I don't
1: know about y'all. At least on the Eastern Conference side of things, like the playing game just seems like how the playing game for the NCAA tournament. Like it's just setting up who's gonna get the ass whooped first. That's all. Like you know. <laughs> In the West, it seems like a way to try to make sure that Ja or Zion sneaks into the playoffs so they can get some, you know, get some more pub, <laughs> get some more money, get some more dollars. Um, but yeah, in the East, it just seems like you know you you playing in to be the first team to get out. You know what I'm saying?
3: I bet. I want. I want to hear what Josh has to say. Chris, he, doing Chris, the, uh, uh, he doing the doing the evil <laughs> genius
0: stroke. <laughs> yeah. He-
1: yeah, he, he's he, he been stoking that beard for a couple of minutes there. Hey man, it's getting long, man. That it's, it's sucker's like
2: it's growing. Yeah, you know what it is when it comes to playing with smooth over here, man. But uh, but let's be the playing tournament for me. I I I never thought I'd be so thankful for an AAU style type of concept to be played in the NBA because of the Bulls. Like you, it's because of this concept they have saved the Bulls' lives. I'm so thankful. Thank you, NBA, for allowing this to happen the year after we finally get some change. Thank you, thank you, NBA. But the overall concept, I'm with Drew, man. If you're in the Eastern Conference, it's like which which asshole when you want first. You know, it doesn't matter which one. Like you're gonna get spanked either way. But in the West, see, see. I think because of the juice point, it actually opens up the conversation of why you need to eliminate maybe the East and West and just do the best top 16 because of the fact that you do a play-in tournament for the West, that makes more logical sense. You got Zion, you have more more power over there. You got Zion, you got Ja, you know, you got the Suns that'll be coming up now. You got Chris Paul and with Devin Booker over there. So you have more intriguing teams with, that, can out, that can bring you money and still things, keep things very competitive. We're in the Easter conference outside of maybe Atlanta that can maybe fill in that type of role when they move up. You're screwed with Orlando magic, Detroit, the horrible Knicks, uh, the wizards, us, us, Detroit. Motor, City's, Motor City is literally motoring itself down down the down to like the wrong way the expressway. Um, <laughs> like all these franchises that are so bad, including us in at honor. the moment. <laughs> it's like it's like how it's like do you really want to watch that? Do you really think they deserve to be in that? No, they don't. So it's like. It's, it's a good option to start with, but it really brings more light to the table as far as the reality of the NBA, which is we may have to really start thinking about eliminating the East versus West concept when it comes to playoffs and getting the top 16 best teams and create it and just do, the, and do, and do a tournament that way. So that way you actually get the best of the best in every matchup that you watch. Instead of watching on one side, half a good competition and other straight ass whoopings where the other ones in the West, whereas <laughs> it's actually
0: competitive from the top to the bottom.
4: I agree. Man. <laughs> I cr- uh, I,
0: I, 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 regular Chris. sign So I'll uh, we'll leave the floor to him for one last time. It's hard to disagree
3: with Josh. I mean, the NBA needs to do, they need to recede. They've been, they've needed to recede in the playoffs for a while now. They, um, I, I think that they could eliminate conferences if only I know they won't do it because they have thirty plus teams and the WNBA only did it because they still have twelve teams when they expand I I think they go right back to the conference model that they have the the playing the playing tournament is going to be fun for us um, you know it, as everything the it'll regress to some point where it'll you'll need to change it too but at least you'll get to see teams that didn't quite make it like how um, like how Josh said. John Morant didn't get in the playoffs last year because Memphis just ran out of gas. And the Pelicans didn't have it, even though they were invited down to the bubble, too. So you'll get some of those lower-seeded teams get into the playoffs a little bit before their time. On the other hand, it might convince owners that they're going to get playoff revenue, and that's good enough. And because I'm always suspicious of owners who just make money and don't want to make the team better. You, know, you see it happen with with every Every team, every owner, at some point they feel like, oh, we're spending too much money, let's lay back a little bit. That's why the Red Sox sold Mookie Betts off and are going to kind of lay back in the cut for a while, which that's Boston doing that. So you think about that, going to a small market team in the NBA where the franchises aren't worth nearly as much, I don't know if it's going to benefit some teams and their fans in the long run. It'll be fun to watch, but some of those teams who stay in that level of mediocrity going to kind of be stuck in that level of mediocrity for longer hopefully not but i could see it happening
0: it's going to benefit the league the league going to get its cut the house gets its cut before anything mm-hmm. and they're going to get it through more television money or whatever or branding or whatever you know hennessy will probably be a part of the uh the playing games or something you know tanker some or some sort of liquor, some sort of liquor brand or something you know they, <laughs> You know, get your get your Can last call. Expand. You want you want to expand? Well, and, and, and I'll go. I was gonna bring that up. That has come up. That uh, I think uh, you know silver has been quoted this week as, you know, you know how Silver is. He gets, uh, you know, he gets sort of coy about things, and, uh, uh, but he was like, you know, they're open to expansion and, and whatever, you know. And you know, we, we'll talk about that's something we'll bring up on some future shows, but. <laughs> You know, of course, you know, I think Seattle is probably a spot where, you know, a lot of people want to see the league go get back into. And, you know, you probably got to think of another city. I I saw someone on Twitter mention Virginia, which was kind of interesting to me because Virginia does have uh, they do have a pro his a pro basketball history. The Squires back in the ABA. So, you know. I, like I, said, I don't know. If, I don't know if that'd be too close to DC, though. They may get they they filth rubbed off on territorial. On them, you know, they, yeah, <laughs> you know. But but yeah, we we we'll talk we'll talk more about that stuff going forward, though. But uh, but Chris Mount, we we going we gotta talk next time we you won We gotta talk about the chase too, man. Because I think I, I told the guy I think I saw you in a commercial. And, um, um, yeah, we still still keeping
3: some things under wraps, but uh, we we can discuss that when when uh, next time around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, we, yeah, we'll, we'll be back on after the new year. So we we'll, we'll probably be closer to the airing. You you give us a little something about that. So but uh for sure, yeah, man. thanks thanks it's for fun. hopping on, man. Appreciate it. and have sure. a good holiday, brother. And uh you know, we'll see you in 2021. Always good chopping it up with y'all boys, be easy.
3: Yes,
2: sir. I see breezy. All
1: right.
0: We'll go for we we'll go for about another uh, twenty-five here, about the, the bottom of the hour. Uh they about to go into halftime in Brooklyn. You know, what what do you before we go into the West stuff, you know, what, what do y'all think about Brooklyn again? What for what you've seen tonight from me
1: I mean I really just been kinda of glancing at the at the game and kind of looking but looking back at you guys. Um they're gonna be they're gonna be all right. They're gonna be fine. They're playing the Warriors, so it's not a whole lot that I can take from this game and and, and equate it to the, the best of the best in the NBA, but they're gonna be right there. As as Kayson said, as we all know, um they got two of the premier players in the NBA. a lot of guys had K D as being the best player in the NBA, uh went healthy. So, you know. <laughs> it should be championship for bus for them. I don't know if they can beat the Lakers, but it should be, that's, that should be their mentality right now. Even with uh, a first year head coach and Steve Nash and, and everything that comes with that and everything that comes with Kyrie Irving off the court or, you know, just the shenanigans that he brings, but um, they got Katie and Kyrie. So <laughs> you don't need a whole bunch mm. else, man. <laughs> Is that that still a
0: comeback player of the year award? I think. yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think so. No, they took that. I think think they took that. They're just most improved. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say they may have to bring the comeback player for KD because he looking like he looking. He he look like he just took a couple months off So He don't look like he been through anything, man. He 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 just coming right back at it, man. Yeah, I mean, they may need he, to bring it back for for Kyrie too, because Kyrie look like if Kyrie goes this whole season without a mental breakdown, I think he should be in the running for a comeback player of the year. Why
1: not? Why not, man? Why not? I mean,
2: you never know he might be he, ahead, might sage, ahead, he might stage the whole scenario he may sage just the just the ambiance of when he gets right. that trophy too he'll make sure that there's no no those no bad spirits are around when he goes gets the, when he collects that trophy
0: well, but, it might be what he, he, he he probably went, he, he probably finally got his right the right smell that he want from you know, he probably <laughs> got some he probably went to the downtown brooklyn somewhere got the right got some African to hook him up with the right sage and but right. you know, he probably, he probably, he probably really, he's probably really centered right now, you know, spiritually. So, but hopefully oh, yeah. he'll, he'll keep that up. But yeah, but yeah, go go ahead, half-time.
2: John. Go ahead. i I mean, just looking at, I think it's halftime right now. Kyrie got 24. KD got 12. They're up by 20. This is like an AAU circuit. Like I'm, I feel like I'm watching the best team of the whole AAU of the country running back against. The former, the, I guess, a known brand, but they're not that good this year. You know, it's like, it, it, that's that's what I feel like I'm watching. And, you know, you can tell this is definitely like the 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 early, um, the early, like, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Phoenix Suns days where everything was gone six seconds or less, just pull the trigger. Um, and it makes things super exciting uh, for them, especially with, you know, half of that team there. With Amari being on the bench, you got Steve Nash, your first coach. Mike D'Antoni as one of your top assistants, who was the coach of that team at the time. I mean, I'm, Brooklyn's going to be exciting to watch regardless. Um, there's always going to be fun entertainment. And I think the biggest component about this is what we've, and I know for sure, Kyle and I have we've talked about previously, is the impact now of having the B team accelerate in the A market um because we know you know when you think about New York you're thinking Madison Square Garden you're thinking the Knicks you know now you got the Nets in Brooklyn that's right across the street and they doing it big which is something that the Knicks are still trying to get back to um and you know this for this generation they viewed this like how we viewed the Knicks back in the early uh 80s and 90s like they're viewing the Brooklyn Nets this year for this generation as that next team. Like this is their form. When they say New York, they're thinking Brooklyn. So for this, for that B, that B team per se that we grew up on to become the A, want to be, to take over sort of that A, um, A, A team momentum in the A market like New York. I think that's one of the biggest uh, components that's that makes this thing really that much more exciting. Well,
0: when you talk about that that B at a B team dynamic. And, you know, you got to remember the other side we were talking about, you know, from a year or so ago too, he's talking about LA and, yep. uh, you know, over the past years plus now, you know, uh, the Clippers have learned how difficult it is to to overtake uh, the established team in the, in the market. And, you know, the Lakers swatted, swatted that, well, they played their role in SWAT. They didn't get to play them directly, unfortunately. We didn't get to see that in the bubble, but you know, the Clippers more or less self-destructed. But again, we we you when you talk about a franchise like the Clippers that's been so synonymous with you know uh, uh, you know ugliness and, and and bad play throughout its history, you know, it, it's sort of like a cub curse break, breaking type thing that you got to have with them where. They got, they got, you, you can't believe that they're actually going to win it all until they actually win it all. And that's what the position they're in right now. They got to, they got to show and prove. And they, and after last, after the bubble, what happened in the bubble, they're more, they're in that position as much as they've ever been. And, uh, you know, and we look at the second half of the double doubleheader today is going to be uh, those two teams. You know, what, what are y'all thoughts? Your first thoughts on on the Battle of L.A. again, and and how it's going to size up this year. Like last year, you had you know, you had a lot of goodwill for, uh, the, the 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 Clippers starting the season, and they and they came out in those early games against the Lakers, if you remember, and they played, they outplayed the Lakers, they outplayed the Lakers on the on the first, uh, opening night last year. And another game or two they did in the regular season. But, you know, it, it didn't mean much once they got to the bubble. So, you know, what, what do y'all think about, you know, that dynamic with these two teams and how it's going to play out this year? I think
1: it's those are still the, the two best teams in the West. Um, whereas last year, you know, I was picking the Clippers to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. You know, before all hell broke loose um, this year's other way around. Haven't seen um, a full year with AD and LeBron playing together, and and seeing AD step up in, in those those big clutch moments that we weren't able to see him perform in with New Orleans. Um, I've got them coming out of the West now. Although it's gonna, I think I think we see a better Paul George this year. I think uh, you know, getting married, getting his contract done. Maybe that that'll settle settle him down. Um, maybe he's more focused this year. Um, all that locker room turmoil that was going on, hopefully, all that is is done, and that won't factor into 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 their play this year. And I just I think we see a more cohesive unit. At least I'm hoping for it. You know, because I, I do want to see these two teams square off when it matters the most. Um, but I still think just you know. If LeBron is not going to be too much, AD will be for the Clippers and their, their biggest offseason acquisition, which was Serge Ibaka.
0: And it's it's hard to argue against the Lakers not being a better team right now. Like, the one thing mm-hmm. that I hold off on is that we've seen situations where teams have seemingly got better over the offseason, but some for somehow – in some way, the mix just doesn't work when it when it goes out on the court, and something happens, you know, injuries or egos getting away and stuff like that. I think probably the best example of that would be the 0-4 Lakers when they brought in Malone and Payton, and, Peyton. and uh, you know they and they you know they was everybody was like, oh, they are gonna win another championship easy, but by the end of the year, Detroit was just making them look like fools in their finals. So, you know, nothing's nothing's promised in the NBA. But we but at the same time, the Lakers did get talent that is really, you know, you could say boosted them up a little bit. Not only the talent that they brought in, but the guys that they compared to the guys that they let go, like Howard and and um, uh, you know, a couple other guys, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard not to say that on paper they're better right now, but but you know, Josh, what do you, what do you think about how the Lakers size up overall compared to, you know, the team that just won the title?
2: Yeah, the Lakers got more versatile <laughs> on both ends of the floor, off and more depth on the bench. I think one of the biggest um, off-season actri- ac- acquisitions that they got was getting Dennis to really changed the narrative of of the, of the Lakers. Um, just because of the fact that he brings that extra grit, he's pretty much to me like a more—he's like a younger John Rondo with a better jump shot. Um, when you talk about from his defensive grit that he has, his versatility and ability to score the ball and play off the ball, which is going to be huge since LeBron is a guy that does need to have the ball in his hands. Um, I think that was a good—that's a good pickup for the Lakers that didn't get quite enough buzz as you would think um, from any other—you know, any other team that was able to make that type of move. Um, I thought it was just straight gangster how they just went across the locker room and said, Trez, come here. <laughs> <So that's> straight <laughs> gangster with that. But, um, you know, getting guys like Marcus Saul, who was nowhere near athletic like Dwight Howard or Javel or, or Javel McGee, but has the IQ and the ability to still rebound the ball, but also be able to stretch the floor. Um, I think that's going to be huge um, in, a, in, in a more improved Laker offense with LeBron. And, you know, bolstering up that bench. Uh, the way that they did, you can't, you know, they they just showed that at the end of the day, there, there's, yeah, there may be two Kings in LA, in LA, but there's only one true King. And that's the Lakers. Um, that's, and that's where, that's what they did this offseason. The Clippers, they made some, you know, they made some decent moves, but at the same time, I want to pay, I want to see how Ty Lue changes the actual offensive, uh, the offensive playbook when it comes to, Utilizing Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, I think, and I know he uh, there's been reported recently how they actually put Kawhi Leonard in triangle positions, um, and, and a little bit of that yeah. triangle offense sequence, so that, so that way they give him the ball in the right spots for him, so that way he can facilitate like and work, um, like the MJ's did and like Kobe did, um, because remember Ty Lue was part of that offense with Kobe back in the early thousands when they won that when he won the title with them, so he knew so we um yeah. to put all that t- together. Um, I wanted to see how offensively the adjustments adjustments that they make, especially for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, see how that works for them, as well as the fact that um, I'm actually hoping that one of the reasons why they brought Serge Ibaka in was to actually be a leader. They don't have a vocal leader. They don't have someone that can give direction or be that one guy that, you know, at the end of the day when the locker room is chaotic, you can rely on and trust to get the team back together. Um, They don't have that leadership component. And normally you would get that from either your best player, or, or like your floor general, point guard per se, but you don't have any of that. Um, so I wonder where that's going to come from. And without that, especially you're talking about a franchise that's right across the street from you that is that prides itself and in, in legacy, leadership, uh, winning culture, and doing things the right way. If you that's something you know that's that's gonna be tough for the Clippers to overcome and deal with if you ain't got what it takes to really get there. And like Drew said, top two in the West. For sure, both of those teams will be there, but at this point, LeBron's gonna be still wearing that crown, and because 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 if all of us fails, LA the Clippers need to go get a Chicago kid, like the LA like like I mean the Clippers got to go to get Chicago kid like the Lakers did by getting Anthony Davis and the emergence of Taylor horton Tucker. That's
0: that's it. Yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> taylor has been a great taylor has been a great story, man. And if he becomes like a real go to guy for them off the bench, man. That's that says a lot about Chicago ballers. And because he, you know, he was he was moving along well, you know, coming out of coming out of the city, coming, coming out of Simeon. And, you know, he went to Iowa State and it was like, okay, he got he gave his year there. And he's like, okay, he's ready to go. But, you know, the transition, the initial transition into the league uh, seemed to have been a little rocky, but he found his footing with the Lakers by last by last year, and you know now he's really looking at. You know LeBron is, is looking like the proud dad now, saying like, "Oh, I knew him when he was fourteen. I saw him on TV. <laughs> you know, try to you know, I, you know, LeBron got to pump himself up, but you know, but, <laughs> but, but you know, but but Taylor Taylor is definitely in good hands with that team, and you know, with LeBron and, and with another Chicago guy in and, and Anthony Davis. I, before we move on outside the Lakers and the rest of the West, though, I, I, I want to throw this out. Do you do all foresee any, any more, not, not necessarily difficulties, but just adjustments or changes within the AD LeBron dynamic? Because, you know, I think a lot of people we can foresee – that eventually the team is gonna become AD's team. It might not happen necessarily this year, but it, it kind of has to happen at some point, especially now that AD is in for the long run with the Lakers. But uh, you know, do y'all, you know, do y'all foresee any sort of changes in 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 the relationship or in the dynamic between them as leaders? Whereas like maybe A D is more, you know, he's more likely to take Last shots in in the coming in the coming games, or he's more likely to be the go to guy in clutch situations, or you know, could he be, you know, by far the more productive player over the course of the season? You know, what what do y'all think about that?
1: Um, I think to a certain extent we we've, we've seen some of that. I don't have the numbers in front of me to back it up, but I, we, you know, we've seen him take the last second shots um, because he is a better free throw shooter than LeBron. Um, I don't think that's you know too far out of the realm of possibility of things that need to happen moving forward. Uh, I think LeBron's like free throw percentage has gone gotten worse over the last two, three, four years. I think if yeah, it just older.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: but because LeBron is is so good at facilitating, such a big point guard. Excuse my cat. <laughs> <laughs> such a big, uh, she, such a big point
0: guard. He got the on you
1: man. Got to watch out for this cat, man. That was, I don't know if y'all heard something far earlier. That was him. This dude. Um, <laughs> but because he is such a good facilitator, I think that it's, it's going to be more of a natural um, kind of passing of the torch, so to speak. Uh, we've seen LeBron lead the league in assists. Um, and I, I want to say he, maybe not in as many words, but kind of let it be known that, hey, this is kind of AD's team, at least in terms of we need to make sure we get him going first before anybody else. So I think, I think it'll come. I think you might see a little bit more of it this year, uh, but nothing too drastic until maybe the following year, depending on how, how LeBron's body continues to hold up.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that drew. I think at the end of the day though, like this is why LeBron brought AD to LA. Um, to groom him while he's in his final years, um, like like Drew mentioned, we saw him take over and in, um, in big moments and hit big shots in the bubble. But I think Anthony Davis still has extra, like small, uh, small, a little bit more small leaps to get to before he becomes the ultimate man in L.A. Um, and part of it is his second half play. There's plenty of times where, especially in the playoffs. You know he'll do great in the first three quarters and then go mia in the fourth quarter. It's like all right, LeBron, take it. Um, I think LeBron is, you know, slowly trying to grow out of that. It's like and it's saying, no, AD, you're the guy. You have to close out this game. Um, and once AD gets that really under his belt, I think that's when, you know, we we can officially say, okay, AD has arrived as the as the as the forefront guy for this team. Um, LeBron, LeBron is LeBron, so we got we have, everything has to work around him. But I think, but like Drew mentioned, he transitioned his game to more of a skill set and facilitating and being more of a point guard role instead of being the scoring LeBron um, that we know he can be. And even though he's going to put up his points regardless, he's going to make the game a lot easier and continue to make the game a lot easier for guys like Anthony Davis until when it's time for LeBron to move on. AD is going to be ready to snatch that crown, and the way that he's Treating A.D. is a similar way where pretty much D. Wade did with LeBron as well as LeBron was trying to do with Kyrie before Kyrie left. Um, And I think because of the relationship and rapport that they have, it makes those type of lessons being that much more smoother when it comes to passing down the torch. I think LeBron's been actually trying to do this for a long time. It's just that the one guy he wanted to pass it down to, he just didn't want to take it, (laughs) at least not in in Cleveland.
4: It didn't work out,
2: yeah, it just didn't work out. So because of that, and he finally has someone that actually wants to be with him, wants to play in L.A., and, of course, it's another Chicago dude because he understands what he went through with D. Wade. He's like, if I got this young brother with me and he's, and this Chicago kid, oh, he can take over for real. So he's learning. He's learning to mess with the Chicago kids, man. He's learning to continue to mess with the Chicago kids to, <laughs> to continue his legacy. He knows what's up. He
0: knows. <laughs> He he always wanted to be he wanted to be one of us because he rooted for he rooted for Mike and them back in the nineties. <laughs> he he had them big city dreams in Akron. He wasn't dreaming about Cleveland. He was dreaming about Chicago. <laughs> you no, know, that's what I he, he ain't gonna admit it. But you know. but anyway, it, it's interesting though. You know, y'all say, you know, y'all I think y'all both kind of said. I know Drew, you said it, that it's one two the the LA team but you know Denver you still got Denver out there you got uh you know what, uh, are we are we forgetting about them? What's what's changed with them you know and, and you know Casey got them getting hard you know they shoot, they might get hard <laughs> and really go go in you know if they
1: get hard I'm definitely taking them out of the picture cuz I, I don't see how hard it mixes with yokes <laughs> mixes <it> with Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> That's that seemed like even worse combination than um him and Katie and Irvin somehow somehow it seems worse I don't know but um I will say this mm. Portland is somebody that you know might might creep up there yeah they they are the so whole deep. year
0: of that team yeah. together
1: yeah man they are so deep um they've got some bodies that they can at least throw at AD um but man it's just tough man when you got <laughs> when you got LeBron and AD man. Your your opponent just has to be a plus. So many
0: nights, man. A series, so many things got to go but, right. Let's let's look, at the West. let's look at the West, sort of like how Josh approached the East, and you know where you had teams sort of making leaps up and stuff. Because again, that's so much of the bubble games was about that, where we was looking at, uh, you know, at uh, Memphis and New Orleans, and uh, you know, uh, there's a couple you know, even even like a Sacramento in some ways, but there's a couple other teams who I'm trying to think. Dallas. Dallas is a team you could look at that was that was rising up, you know, and, and you know, they're gonna be playing the Christmas game against LeBron. So if we look at what the league wants, they're already sort of trying to position uh, Luka Luca against LeBron and and A D as a as a potential rival, you know. But you know you also have the suns you know picking up cp3 and adding that veteran presence to that you know that very talented young team and the suns was the only team that didn't lose in the bubble you know unfortunately <laughs> they get, they get a chance to lose in the end but they they won those first 8 or 8 or 9 games that they needed to win to you know and and they was impressive you know uh, you know what, what what do we make of these these sort of rising teams in the West, you know, before we wrap up.
2: I think it's unfair. <laughs> it's too much talent. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. too much talent. You talking about last year, if you didn't have a play-in tournament, your A.C. was going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's what your rookie of the year guy in John Moran. After, right behind them was literally the Pelicans and the Suns. So, you're talking about that's just your bottom three as far as top tier. Who you put if you put them in the East are probably even in the top eight, they probably made the playoffs. So, it's like the talent level in the bottom half is so competitive that even when you compare it to the East, it's not, it's still it's unfair advantages. You, and, and, and the crazy part about the offseason with those three teams specifically, they all still make crazy moves. I mean, the Pelicans are going in the right direction by not just, you know getting a great return for, you know, within the Drew Holiday trade, you still you – you got a new head coach in Stan Van Gundy, um, who is, you know, who I wish he stayed on TV. But at the, by the end of the day, he's a good, respected coach that I believe will put Zion in the best position to perform it. And the fact that Zion is healthy now uh, with no minutes restrictions, he's going mm-hmm. – if, if he can stay healthy throughout the season, you're looking at a good 26-10 and 10 average every night. Um, you, when you're talking about John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies, that young Memphis core is going to continue to grow. Um, Him and Jaron Jackson are going to, you know, continue to make waves. And if John Moran takes that next step, you know, that's going to be scary to deal with on a nightly basis. You got Portland who barely made it into the bubble last year, but like Drew mentioned, but they beefed up tremendously, uh, adding the depth that they did between Harry Giles and Drew Jones and um, bringing back Carmelo Anthony. You know they 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 beefed up their bench, um, and and their team so that way to, to for them to be yes. a, a playoff team. At and Rob Covington,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
2: they brought Robert Covington in. And be honest with you, I wouldn't even be surprised if they actually make a move for Harden, because there's talks about them trying to break up that backcourt from the first place. Um, mm. you maybe trade CJ McCollum for James Harden. Now that's going to be even that much more interesting. <laughs> um. I'm not saying they're gonna do that can you or imagine anything. James but
0: Harden and, and, Yeah, I'm saying can you imagine James Harden and D Lil? Uh, my band and came back backcourt D yeah, man. <laughs> <It's, laughs> okay. They're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna be they gonna be shooting they're gonna be each shooting from 70 feet out, like trying to see <laughs> what <makes> they're <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it,
2: yeah, they will, but it's just it's just the fact that the the the, the disparity from talent-wise. From even the bottom half of the Western Conference, compared to the Eastern Conference, it's so it's so dramatic. It's so it's it's too far apart to where you know I don't care who plays in the Western Conference. I mean, I'm going to watch every game from the West more than watching the East, just because the talent level and the excitement from each team is still there. And you guys talked about Denver, um, you know, potentially going after Harden. I don't even know if they should just because Michael Porter Jr. in that system, that's, if he continues to emerge and the big key, and the big yeah. key about Denver making it to that next level is going to be Jamal Murray. He has to be an all-star this year. He has to be – he has to reach that next level consistently for the Nuggets to go back to the Western Conference Finals. And, he ha- and he's shown in the bubble he has the capability of doing that. But will that sustain all throughout the season – Leading up into the postseason, that's not a its not a guarantee. Yet. We gotta wait and see what happens with that. But if he continues to improve, Michael Porter Junior. continues to improve, Joker continues to be the uh, the Joker that we know, and also beyond if Bo Bo really does emerge into a good intricate role in that front court as well. Now, now you're looking at that thing being pretty scary. Um, if he could fill in for that Jeremy Grant role that they that they you know basically looked out on in the offseason. season so it's a lot of it's a lot of teams to look to look out for but the west for sure is way more competent when you're talking about talent and competitiveness compared to the Easter conference especially in that bottom half
0: yeah it, it's striking like when you really think about it like cuz when we was talking about the east a little while ago i was like yeah the east is coming up a little bit but now now we we talking about the west it's like damn the west the <laughs> west east is pretty tough man <laughs> but you know, and, and, but yeah, and, and, and I I never was I never would have said anyway that the East was like overtaking the West in any anyway, But but it, it's just when you when you break down each t- team, it's like yeah, there's a lot of talent on on these individual teams. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty crazy, man. It, it's going to be fun to see how how these teams play against each other.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just a testament to how good the the West is, and then. <laughs> it just goes to show you, you know, when Harden first came out with his list of teams, everybody was in the East. Like it's just crazy. Now KD is in the east. It's just like, man, that's...
0: <sighs> right. And, right. They took like KD left the West for the East, and you still prefer the West mm-hmm. over the East. Like that's that's wild. Man. Yeah, man. It really is. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. Um now I, uh, no, I was gonna say to Josh's point earlier man
1: um the Hawks needs to be I'm surprised people aren't pubbing the Hawks more you know I, I still I think Josh said it too earlier I would agree with him that I think their ceiling is probably about the 60 but they they should not be they should not be playing playing tournament uh they should not be a playing tournament team they should be much higher than that i do not My only thing with Atlanta is that um,
0: they they well you you got to be you got to be in the six right you got to be the top six to because it's seven eight nine and ten to play so Mm -hmm. yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see will they will they be I I would put them in that six or seven range you know will they make it without playing in or you know it'll be interesting to see if absolutely to see how the acquisitions line up because
1: the, right now their best players can't play on the court at the same time because they've got like guys that can play D but can't really score and vice versa. So they really got to figure that thing out and see who can play what spot and yeah. in, in, in what situations.
0: Who, who are y'all who, who like if you, if y'all had the lead pass, who would be the, the team that you would check out first every day? night? Every night
2: <laughs> I mean every night. Oh, it's yeah, on on TV who, right now. That's a that's a given. They on TV right now. But
4: I'm, what, watching for, I'm watching it I'm watching it on TNT. TV <laughs> oh yeah,
0: Brooklyn. Brooklyn, baby. I said, even, even, yeah. even when they're not on when they're not on nationally, you're gonna be you're gonna be checking for Brooklyn every night. <laughs>
2: It's KD and Kyrie. That's the most entertaining <laughs> duo you could think of on a night at a night end basis. I mean, Kyrie talking about, you know, how him as an athlete is like art. They're they're like art. Well, I'm watching art, artistry yeah, artists, every night yeah. between Kyrie <laughs> Irving and KD consistently. And I know it's a long shot, but don't tell me James Harden goes there. If he goes there, that's for sure the number one team. That's it's, You can forget it now. Like that—that's that's automatic gift. That's automatic bid. But aside from that, I mean, you okay. I, I, aside from that, you have to put both LA teams up top. I mean, because both both teams are so uniquely dynamic, especially from a superstar perspective. Um.
0: After that, hit or miss. But I say, like, but I say the <laughs> thing—the thing about lead pass is you talking about teams that aren't necessarily going to be on national TV all the time. I've said like. Like the sort of, your sort of side team I'm I'm sort of thinking about. Uh, like okay, a team my that, bad, my bad.
2: My bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah. If you want to do that, if you want to go through that, uh, probably Pelicans, Memphis, Portland. You notice I didn't say no East okay. teams. Uh, <laughs> the only East team I might say, aside from obviously Chicago, is probably Atlanta.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but aside from that, I'm good. Show me the West Coast. I'll stay up late. Show me the West Coast. I'm
1: good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I gotta when you Kyle, when you put that kind of criteria on it, I gotta I gotta agree. I gotta agree with Josh, man. It's pretty much pretty much the
0: same. Because I, I was about to fix my mouth and say Miami, but Miami. You, you be- talk about the potential of high drama. Yeah, <laughs> Miami gonna be on TV. Yeah, yeah. I say don't sleep, don't sleep on Washington and Charlotte for the potential for a little drama. I'm 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 gonna be looking at them to see what they what they provide, and, and like I said, I just want to. Lavar
2: Ball plays MJ. That's when I watch. You gotta <laughs> let me know when Lavar Ball plays MJ. That's when I watch.
0: <laughs> I want to see I want to see the first time that uh, Lamelo does a behind the back pass that goes in the third row, and I want to <laughs> see the shot go right on go right on Mike. And and see if he's looking at Levar, like <laughs> like like get your boy, get your boy Levar before I get him. Oh gosh,
1: that'd be hilarious.
0: Oh, yeah. That'd be
2: hilarious. Levar mm-hmm. and Levar pump you says know, you don't know why that that, that ball went behind in the, in the bleachers. It's because my other two sons went on the team. Go get <laughs> is them.
1: Is there any chance? <laughs> All right. Is there any chance Mike is already kicking himself in the in the butt for uh giving Gordon that money, and this dude has already hurt himself?
2: No, no, nah. Oh, nah, ain't nobody gonna willingly come yeah. to Charlotte.
1: <laughs> so, but man, you you gave that amount that amount of money to Gordon Hayward, man.
2: MJ made that back with his new golf course.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he probably was a bet on the golf course that he lost. <laughs> Good, point. Good point. He probably would have. He probably would have traded for Westbrook if he won a bit. But he lost Ooh. it, so we traded for man. Yeah, I, like, I like Gordon Hayward, man. He's he's been snake bit, but man. Whew, that
1: might have been the Eddie Robinson deal that the Bulls uh signed my man to. I think he came from Charlotte, didn't he? Eddie Robinson. Josh, you might be too young, I man. Think-
2: I remember Eddie. Yeah, I just don't remember yeah. the whole- before that. I I was there when he's here, but you know, it's a
1: little, yeah. Little, yeah. Little,
0: bit, little bit far. I think you're right, Drew. I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah. some bad decisions but but yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> that's that's the difference man when when you run like it, it's so obvious in the NBA because i think with the less with 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 fewer players on the on the roster you got less room for mistakes so mm-hmm. when you make the mistakes like that man they even here in chicago for for so many years man we 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 take gambles on guys and they mess up so you no know, hopefully we're getting it together where there's something you know there's something like a nucleus of uh of talent that's forming that could be relied on and that could be built upon to uh to to go forward so we'll see starting tomorrow with the uh the against against Atlanta so if, if they're able to compete with Atlanta, maybe that'll be a good sign of things initially. But uh, you know, we gonna keep riding though. Yeah, I got. Uh, let me throw out another thing. Since Josh, I know you're doing the. Uh, you, you see, doing a Christmas uh, across for the Christmas games. Like what? What game are y'all looking forward to most for uh, on Christmas this week? I, uh-huh. They got a uh, the, the day the day starting off with the Pelicans and Heat. Then you got the Warriors and Bucks, the Nets and Celtics, Mavericks and Lakers going into prime time, and the Clippers and Nuggets rounding out the day. Like, which one of those games excites y'all the most? Can I just say they they got the matchups wrong? and The teams is cool, but man, what's up with these matchups though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of feel you on that, dude. Yeah, Like they, they should rearrange <laughs> them a bit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, what, what would Joe what would your abilities to um I'm trying to get I'm trying to get it
1: all in one thing so I can see it uh I would have probably went um, Nets and, and Lakers would have been like my 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 highlight game um I probably would have gone uh Miami and Milwaukee. Um, okay. Maybe go back Denver and Clippers. Um, Boston, Philly, um, New Orleans, and in, in Dallas.
0: You would put you would have put Philly in there.
1: I would have threw Philly in there with Boston, just to kind of. Get some some straight East Coast get that rivalry.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
0: rivalry. See, they usually historically the Knicks have been a Christmas team, but don't don't nobody want to see the Knicks on Christmas no more. They don't want to see Obi. They, they make... <laughs> <laughs> Not on Christmas, man. <laughs> that just makes people mad now when you see the Knicks on Christmas.
2: It might be worse if you get t- if you gotta hear Thibodeau give an interview on Christmas too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scratchy throat.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, we got to listen
2: to it I mean, shoot. The game I would look forward to the most, for me, actually, it would be the Nets versus Celtics. I, I would I, I want to see, see you. I see I feel you. Wanna...
0: Yeah. I, Especially I
2: would do... after tonight. Especially
0: after right. tonight
2: yeah right and I want to see how um I want to see how Jason Tatum emerges as the number one guy now it's like it's he's the official solidified guy for this team just signed that longest term extension you know he's gonna be the number one guy that's gonna go up against Ke- a healthy Kevin Durant um and the fact yeah. that you know you already got the Kyrie Boston history there I, i'm 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 like I'm is it gonna be in Brooklyn or is it gonna be in Boston? Is it in Boston? I believe it's gonna be
0: in Boston. Yeah. Yep. So I can see him, I can see him walking made, down the Kyrie court now. may bring some peppermint sage. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> He's gonna
2: sage that thing. Yeah. Make sure it's make sure the court is all some good. And, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. <laughs> and next, I'm just excited to see what that matchup is truly going to look like. I mean, you's talking about Kevin Durant against Jason Tatum. Yeah. that's going to be a nice little matchup, you know, to see – especially offensively to see how Jason Tatum holds up his end of the deal. Um, so I think that will bring, that'll bring a lot of excitement. Um, we want Compared to all the other games, we know Luka's going to do his thing against the Lakers. You know, seeing that LeBron uh, – that LeBron-Luka matchup will be nice. Um, the revenge yeah. of the Clippers against the Nuggets, um, that would be nice because the Clippers need a, re- uh, a revenge game badly mm-hmm. for the way they fell out that series. Yeah. Um, in all the other games, they're gonna be you know fun and entertaining because of the big names. But the fact that the Nets and the the Nets and the Celtics on both ends, of both sides, have history against each other in, in a sense that's more personal. Yeah. Especially in the fact that KD is now back in the picture with Kyrie against that that duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and seeing whoever Marcus Smart tries to be floppy on the court with. Um, I think that's going to be exciting to watch. So that's going to be the game that I'm going to pay attention to the most for sure.
0: It, it stands a chance to be a real statement game because, like I said, you look at the way the Nets are playing tonight and the fact that they stand the chance to be a complete disruptor in the East. Like every time they face one of these other contenders in the East – Going forward, now they probably gonna it's it's probably gonna be a real squaring up that's gonna be done because you know if if you a team like the Celtics who you've already been in the mix for a couple years and you trying to break through like you know same being said for Milwaukee same being said for Philly same and, and the, you got a team like. You got the team like Toronto, who's had the chip, but they trying to reestablish themselves, and you got Miami, who came so close last year. Like all these teams, probably feel like they got some sort of claim to East. But then you know, now you got KD and Kyrie stomping big, like like <laughs> Snoop in the New York, New York video. You know, they ready to <laughs> knock down everybody's buildings. You know, so it. That's that's really what the storyline probably is going to be about in the East. You know, like, you know, how much of a how much of a nuclear bomb is Brooklyn, and are they going to really tear through? You know, are they really going to just go super cyan and tear through the whole conference, or you know, or is somebody going to be able to step up and and really uh, you know knock blows with them? You know, we we that's probably going to be the real storyline in the East, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. I hope they come up with a better fight because the way this game looking like right now. <laughs> oh God!
0: Golden State ain't got nothing for him, man. They ain't got State no chance. <laughs> yeah. it, it was like I, I, I see what the league was doing. They trying to show like, oh, well, Golden State, you know, let's re, you know, let's welcome back Golden State. But I, I don't think Golden State got much to say right now, man. They, no. you know, it's it's gonna be hard to see them even. Get back in the playoffs in the West, man. We just went over the how how charged up the West is. Like, you know, what are they gonna do against a lot of these younger teams, these younger uh deep teams that they got, you know, out there in the West, you know? Yeah, man. Golden State ain't it's just one, two, three, cancun for them,
1: man. I'm sorry. It wouldn't have been if, if Clay was healthy, but nah, it's no yeah. plan for them. They just <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be rough for the war for the Warriors. And I think, you know, this was a this was a good reunion game. You know, you got Steve Nash coming back to his old group, you know, coming back to say what's up the Golden State, KD coming back to say what's up the Golden State. And then they said, Welcome to my city. Congratulations on this ass
3: whooping
2: what <laughs> they just did <laughs> to this game right now. And it's like, dang, you know. You know, this is what we got, a, we got
0: to look for. They, they show showing the difference between going to Brooklyn and going to Manhattan. Like they oh <laughs> like state those state probably could have got a W in Manhattan, but in Brooklyn they they ain't got nothing fun. But I'm I'm
1: definitely looking forward to seeing the uh the Nets play one of these top tier Eastern Conference teams that are gonna provide more in theory, more resistance than the Warriors have tonight. Uh, like I said, like the, the Milwaukee's of the I mean, uh, Milwaukee's of the world, Miami's, Boston's. Um, because you, you spoke about Tatum guarding Durant, they can also throw Jalen Brown on him. You
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: Marcus Smarter is yeah. little, but he'll fight with him for he can he can fight with him for you know a few possessions. Uh and nobody's gonna stop KD, but it's just I all about trying to slow him down.
0: I like my Mar- I like I want to see Marcus against uh Kyrie. That's what I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was. real quick but yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah they wrapping up the third there man Brooklyn almost up almost up 30 almost got a 30 piece on uh gold <laughs> state 98 69 so that game pretty much wrapped up but uh the battle of LA coming up you know I'm gonna let you brothers go you know, uh, Watch that on your own recognizes, but uh, yeah, we gonna be we gonna be back at it, man. (laughs) Back at it, man. Running with war, Uh, going into twenty one, man. We are gonna try to get back to, you know, doing, you know, maybe hope maybe weekly, maybe semi weekly. Try to do at least a couple shows a month, and uh, you know, giving our thoughts on what's going on in the league. Get get some more guests in. You know, um, and uh build with some more people, you know, across the, the landscape and the basketball media and whatever. And uh yeah, just have some fun man. This, you know, basketball is is here for us. Like I I said at the top of the show, sort of the last remnants of of uh uh regularness and you know, of, of fun that we had before. You know everything shut down back you know yeah. when we was hosting the all-star game in Chicago and everything was centered around us and we didn't know it at the time we was all making each other sick as hell but you know we, <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't really <laughs> we didn't really worry about those things and, and you know now we're at the you know at the end of the year and uh you know Drew you know I, I guess you didn't say it on on there but you know Drew is uh uh has, has been affected with the COVID and you know, we wish you the best, man, and uh, you know, you know, wish you the best and, and hope you get through it okay, and and, uh, and you know, enjoy your holidays best you can. I know you're gonna be a little separated from the fam and everything. We all are in a lot of ways, so it's you just gotta get through this as best we can. You know, it's good that the NBA is here to to distract us a little bit. You know, we don't want to be too distracted, but you know, we got something that we can indulge ourselves in that we love and and appreciate that uh make things a little bit more fun on the day to day. You know, Absolutely. and um yeah, just like I said, we next time you see us all together, it'll be 20, 21, 2021. You know, let's get this bullshit year behind us and uh you know take our lessons that we've learned from it and and you know let's all do better. I I uh, this is another thing we'll probably i want I probably want to bring up in the future too like i saw a piece in the athletic about a lot of the uh things that are coming from this era that are going to be that going to really stick with us going forward like temperature checks in arenas and clean you know clean all these different types of cleaning techniques and stuff that you know it, we're entering a new age man in a lot of ways especially with sports but in, in in society in general. So, you know, that's just something we got to keep in mind, man. And, you know, just do, do the best we can to take care of ourselves and take care of uh, all of those around us and take care of those who uh, have a harder time taking care of themselves. You know, we got to we got to reach out for those who have already been taken, who have already, uh, you know, been uh, infected and, you know, the elderly and everything and, and those who put themselves on the front line. Again, a person like Drew, who works in healthcare, man, you know, definitely honor all those who are uh, uh, working in the central jobs and doing the things that we need to do to to make our society keep going and, and keep strong in the face of all this. So, you know, we honor y'all and, uh, you know, we just do what we can to help entertain and inform with these shows. So, you know, we just gonna end it out on that note, you know, like I say, peace and blessings to everyone. Enjoy your holidays and enjoy the games on, on Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon, though. Uh, We're going to keep running and keep bouncing as we always do. <laughs> hey, anything else y'all got to say? No, nah, you, said, you
1: said it, man. You said it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's get this new year coming, man. Peace and blessings.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, no ha- doubt. No you know, doubt. happy holidays to you guys. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy New Year. You know, looking forward to 2021. Keep following, you know, what we do on War Media. Drew, is, Drew the maestro, mm-hmm. is still doing this thing with his, with his writing. His column writing and everything. Um, yeah, Drew you know, got
0: the, the Chicago Sports Exchange every yep. Monday. Yeah, Josh, you got In the Scope every Friday with the podcast yeah we we, we 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 ain't going nowhere man we gonna keep it moving, yeah, we're gonna keep it moving then through twenty twenty one and beyond for sure, oh yeah,
2: most definitely
0: yeah those, all the tags down there below, y'all can see where to follow us, keep following us if you like what we do uh you know share it, you know, recommend us to all your friends who like to talk about sports and all that you know you saw earlier a uh, uh, a real one like Jonathan Hood is watching us, so you, know, you ain't got no excuse. If Jonathan Hood could watch us, you know you could watch <laughs> us too. So you, know. you know, don't front like you know, you got something better to do with your time. It's still <laughs> all in the crib for the time being, you know. You know throw <laughs> us some views, throw us some subscriptions, you know what I mean?
1: Get you our numbers put, up.
0: You know, put us on the rotation, man. Come on. For sure. But yeah. Yeah, appreciate you, brothers, man. And like I said, I wish you the best. And uh, yeah, we're going to sign off. Uh, you know, that's uh that's going to sign off. That's it. <laughs> that's it. We out. Uh, once, once, once again, this is Running With War. We are dot Radio.com, War Media. Keep, keep bouncing, y'all.